on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and you don't see my pretty sexy face, so you know I'm not alone. Jake, say what's up, buddy. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be back, and this week it's a little bit different yet again. You know, we've previewed shows, we've reviewed massive shows, and now we're reviewing NXT. We are, because apparently we're slowly turning this into a thing that if I miss an NXT review, you and I are going to review it later in the week. And I miss, I didn't miss NXT this week, but... The second COVID-19 vaccine kicked my ass, so that wasn't happening on Tuesday. Therefore, we didn't get it. Had a very difficult time with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not dead, so there's that, and I'm not, you know, helmet-worthy enough to be an anti-vaxer. So, yeah, there's also that. I also wanted to make you laugh too, because James Gunn, the director for obviously, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad himself, Suicide Squad now. Um, the Suicide Squad said that season two of Peacemaker featuring John Cena will not happen because John Cena keeps stealing the costume. <laughs> so, you know, obviously it's a joke, but he made a joke on Raw saying that he's going to eventually show up in costume, and I guess that is tentatively a plan to happen. Apparently so, that's the plan for SummerSlam, is he's going to do, like, full Peacemaker intro, and... I've heard, like, not nothing substantiated, so nobody come and kick me in the ass later. Apparently, they're trying to do a deal where WWE does enough advertising for the movie that the whole cast, like the entire Avengers team, or not Avengers, um, Suicide Squad Suicide team, Squad. comes out with him for his entrance. Yeah, which, all, in, all in costume. Like, if they all did it, like, they, if they had uh, Margot Robbie for Harley Quinn, people would go nuts. Yeah, but there's, like, Margot Robbie's obviously the top, but, like, there's a lot of names on that list. Oh, absolutely. Like, for me, it's um, uh, the guy who played Yondu, the guy who also played Merle on Walking Dead, um, not Norman Reedus. No. Um, um... Oh, I can't think of his name now. It's going to bug me. But, like, he's he's slowly building himself a name. I mean, James Gunn's brother or whatever that's playing the weasel would actually have to come out as the weasel, not a CGI character. Unless they did him, like, CGI, like, with the, uh, what do you call it, the augmented... Michael Rooker. Michael yeah. Rooker. There we go. Um, yeah, like, if they did him as an augmented reality character, like, that's the only way you could do it. But if they well, did they've that, they've done things with him before because he's done a few other roles that were kind of yeah voice only. And he did uh, what's the, what's the character he did in Thor? Oh my god, I can't think of it. The big rock guy. That's Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's, what's the name of the character? I can't think of it. Now. Oh, Korg. Korg. Jesus, it was <laughs> sitting there thing. sitting there playing his video games against Noob Master. Yeah. And who is apparently. Reviewing movies with Deadpool, which is even funnier. No, but apparently the thing that's like semi-canon now, or at least the directors liked it, so they're not correcting it, is that Noob Master was Deadpool. <laughs> like they're they're not no, saying that, they're not saying that that's true, but they are not like fighting it either. That is that is funny, and which of is course, the way like people hearing... the way people do like insider trailers now. Like they got they kind of oh, gotta yeah. let people do that now. There's huge people here. Pete Davidson, Idris Elba, Sylvester Stallone is, is playing King Shark. I mean, that's funny as hell. King Shark is a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Fillion, obviously. Yeah. Joel uh, Kidman is back as Rick Flagg. And, I, I mean, she's not she's not actively in the field, but I'm a huge fan uh, just as an actress. Like, Viola Davis is an amazing actress. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, she was in the first one. Obviously, anybody that's uh, – I've watched it. I don't know how many other people have, but uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so that was our brief spiel on what we think uh, John Cena should do <laughs> in his SummerSlam entrance. I don't know how we started off on fun. that. Well, it's kind of the, you know, I wanted to see how you felt about the Peacemaker costume. With John Cena, oh, back, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty big news. And, you know, people are criticizing Goldberg returning. We're hearing all these plans that CM Punk is interested in more than money. He really wants, you know, mm-hmm. opponents and actual plans instead of money. And now The Rock supposedly is done with The Fast and Furious. and There's just so many things. It's like, all right, cool. You know what the thing is, though, man, with SummerSlam, where, and people are going to hate this, where SummerSlam is going to get a huge pass from me is we're not going to get a whole bunch of matches that I particularly want to see, but we're going to get matches that I will recognize are marquee matches. We're going to get WrestleMania. Like, we've been saying it the whole way along, like, this is the real WrestleMania, uh, which means Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks won't be in the main event. Uh <laughs> 
but they're but they're going to give us WrestleMania esque matches. That's why you, that's why you're getting John Cena and Roman Reigns. That's why you're getting Lashley and Goldberg because they couldn't get Lesnar. That's why you're probably getting Becky Lynch versus. I want to say Rhea Ripley because Charlotte can do something separately with the title. Yeah. But that brings me to Raw. And one thing that we have to talk about before we get into this week's NXT. Because, realistically, how could I be serious about NXT this week after what we saw on Raw? Well, that's that's what I was getting into. You know, they're bringing in all these stars. And, and their justification here, you know, Andrew Zarian was speaking, but he said the, the creative team on Raw said, I don't know why everyone is freaking out about this. It was just one step in the direction we have for Karrion Cross. This is leading into something. Jeff Hardy is a mega, mega star. He changed the industry for smaller guys. Okay, we're not arguing Jeff's legacy here, but... But you sucked the the mystique out of that character. Yeah, you're going to have him murder everybody. Not only did they have him without Scarlet, and they dumbed down the entrance, which was a good portion of his character to begin with, Mm -hmm. and... They haven't come out with the lights on. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like everything has been stripped away. But but really the killer is is that he was undefeated for a year and a half, yep. un NXT champion, and they let him get beat. And everyone's like, Well, it's a cheap win. So and Jeff Hardy's a former world champion. It didn't matter if Lesnar came out and did it. It's still like without rhyme or reason, unless you're gonna Why did why did you do so. it on the first night? Yeah. And see Not here's even the that, thing. But do it in like if if they had a knockdown, drag out total fight and you were like, Holy shit, like that was carrying Cross's first main roster match, and he almost won on the main roster. But damn, that was impressive. And this is like your, you know, welcome up, kid, kind of thing. But they really, really, really put him over at the same time. See, much Even as I hate to say it, to swallow. much as I hate to say it, Jeff Hardy's not the one to give him that match. Jeff, I don't think Jeff, like, and this is me, right? For those of you that have been listening to my well. channel, for those of you that have been watching my channel for a long time, I haven't had much to say recently about it. Because Jeff Hardy hasn't done much recently, but fucking diehard Hardy Mark for like 10 going on to 15 years now. But I gotta be realistic to say that like, if you want, this this is your first shot on the main roster, we need somebody that's going to show exactly what this guy can do. Like, I'm sorry, I know it's the tried and true answer, but it is the tried and true answer for a reason. You give him a Ziggler. Or you give him a... You give him somebody that can really give him a great match and put him over. Exactly. Like, it stinks that Drew is faced right now, because that would have been... I mean, Karrion Cross is supposed to be a heel, but it would have been cool to have him get cheered. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a like heel, so... WWE's put me in a situation where I have to be pissed off that one of the one of my favorite wrestlers for a shitload of a long time won a match. I shouldn't be pissed off that somebody I like won a match. Yeah. But they've done that with him, and it was in less than two minutes, man. That's the thing. It, it, the NXT champion, who's also undefeated, who's in like the main storyline on NXT, how are you supposed to look at him as credible? Or uh, he, So Johnny Gargano couldn't beat him, and Adam Cole couldn't beat him, and, and then they had this major fatal five-way, and all four people couldn't beat him. So that means Jeff Hardy's better than all of these guys because he did it in less than two minutes, and he did it by a roll-up. Cheating or not. Matt, Matt Hardy on uh, comment on uh, Twitter there saying, oh, my brother's <laughs> going to be NXT champion soon, right? And yeah, he should be saying. There's a part of me that wrong. would, like, there's a, there's, a, there's a mark part of me that would love that, but I couldn't defend it. No, but it could be fun, you know. Like it if, could be if, decent, for sure. Like, I personally that now. that doesn't help anything at this point in time. Personally, now, now that he's back on the main roster again, the one I want to see Jeff Hardy feud with is Balor. Because, yeah. I mean, there's and, the and obvious now, tie in there with the demon and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But, I mean, and how do... What we're getting now is the issue of, of not to cut you off here, but it, it, it you know, all relays is that you're seeing it more and more. It's like, oh, well, it's just one loss, and it's just... It, it doesn't... That's not the point. They're not grasping the fact that this is your NXT champion, and you're in the main, you know, story that's going on here with Samoa Joe and... You just belittled your entire NXT roster, and the sad part is, is that the NXT staff and stars, the wrestlers, feel they didn't like, even know what was happening or something no, like that. No, they felt like they didn't know that this was the plan. None of it, and they, they thought it was like, a message to the whole brand. Yeah, but here's exactly. the thing, right? And it was because Vince allegedly, but I can see it, blames them for losing to AEW unfairly. Okay, but, but, so. here, but here's the thing as well, though, right? 
and I'm going to I'm going to give all credit in the world to Jim Ross. Jim Ross had one of the best quotes ever whenever somebody was debuting because they used to do a debut properly. Like five years ago, somebody like Karrion Cross would get and I'm not saying it's necessarily the right thing to do, but he would get like the Ryback push. Like he'd come up out of nowhere, look as scary as they can possibly make him and like crush a bunch of midgets. But after his first match, or after anybody's first match, um, Jim Ross always said some variation of, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. So now they've decided on his first day that his undefeated streak is over. They carried Asuka's undefeated streak over to WrestleMania. Now, Charlotte took it at WrestleMania, and everybody cried because that's what they do. But they did continue it on, and they did it properly. They they did it with Owens. They did it with, you know, there's, there's quite a few people that they kept things going with. And they've had multiple stories translate from NXT to, to WWE with, with, you know, marginal success, but some success before. You know, we're hearing that we're getting this this massive title match. You know, we're, we're getting Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe going to be built up. We've known this for a while, and obviously that's that's something special that we want to see for Takeover 36. Okay, that that's all well and good, but I'm not going to get into spoilers tonight. But no, no, the, th- the but three, we've, I think, we've known that's been building. For yeah, now. You, you no, no, I will say, though, to not know that <laughs> I will. I will say, though, uh, as I said to you offline, the three matches that I at least assume are happening are all amazing. And I really yeah. hope they find a bigger venue to put it in, which is apparently in the works. Well, that's what I'm saying with NXT. They've got to get out of the performance center. They need yeah. to go back on the road. That would help them just like it helped everything else. Because look at see AEW. if they did if they did their special sh- okay if they took their elevated episodes like their Halloween Havocs and whatever and maybe put them in a slightly bigger building and put the takeovers in a proper building. I wouldn't mind the weekly show staying in the CWC. I know that puts me yeah, on an island. No, that that I agree with because you'd have at least something to look forward to week in and week out. Yeah, I don't necessarily think going back to full sale would help them at this point either. No, and and the next two weeks. And I love the shows, I, I love the full sale atmosphere. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I do as well, but it just it wouldn't be enough. You need a larger audience mm. at this time, and that's the thing. What they're doing as well for the next two weeks is all tape. I mean, it's tape, but I really don't care for most of what seems to be going on. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but going by the spoilers' sake, we won't bring this up today, but we could talk next time. Yep. It doesn't sound great, really, at all, and. It, it sounds like functional, put the puzzle pieces together to get to the pay-per-view stuff. Yeah, sadly. And even that is not really... And like the matches will be good, but the story isn't intriguing. And then the stuff with Karrion Cross, they had to redo because the fans were chanting Hardy so much. Nice. That's And bad. see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a comparison here, and it's, this is not a dig at AEW, but AEW had a big stretch there where they were not on the right night, not getting the views that they wanted, and fans could tell. Like, like I'm saying, like, stalwart... AEW supporters were saying, yeah, they're basically holding back until they get back on their proper night. Now, yeah, if that's NXT, exactly what NXT seems to be doing. Now, if NXT does that for the two weeks that they're being taped, because they know that fans are going to find the taped results, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I do understand it. Because you don't want shit spoiled. Like, if, if they had a badass plan... I mean, they don't really, for what it well, seems like. Well, they have like, spoiler-free lineups just telling you the matches as well, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, if, like, they're not going to do anything super amazing on those shows, cause that, they yeah, know, because they, they, they acknowledge the intelligence of their fans. Unlike, unlike Raw and SmackDown and main roster WWE, they know that if they do a taped show, the spoilers are going to get out. WWE exactly. main so roster acts like it won't. Major. Yeah. So, if they're doing a holdback like AEW did a holdback, I don't... I can't 100% hate it at this point, if you, if you get my meaning. Yeah. But um, I know I know you're on a bit of a timeline, so we should start cranking on into the show. Show starts off pretty predictably. Joe pissed off from the previous week, but uh, he got choked out by Cross. Does the whole call out? It's sort of predictable. Regal comes out. Hey, this isn't this isn't what I signed you up for. All right, I shouldn't do accents. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, he says one way or another, somebody's going to sleep tonight and, you know, it'll be over by the end of, of the night type thing, which yeah. definitely means it won't be over by the end of the night. First match, match I was really excited about, match I enjoyed for the most part, but even I will say, I will I will go with the naysayers on this one. It went way too long. Fishing Kushida versus the Diamond Mine. Okay, here's, here's, now that we're actually getting into the review. So this is a good match. 
You knew we were going to get a good match, and I know that you're not questioning that. Mm -mm. But I question this being the opening. I, I, I'm going to give you a few like points, and then I want you to, so I don't forget them all, I'll layer Go it out quick. So I question this being the opening. I question the outcome as well, because it really, I felt, time and time again, kind of, uh, you know, really diminished the diamond mine. They went ahead and they haven't established them or any of their character traits or characteristics. I mean, I know we have history between Strong and Fish, but I feel like there's only little hooks there getting us, you know, through the time with that because that's not really the focus at this point in time as well. It, it, it could or should be, but they, 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 I feel like they need a mouthpiece or, or at least better representation for the Diamond Mind, absolutely. But it's tough to care when they're losing matches already. So, how do you feel about this? I feel like I shouldn't be so meh about a match with four guys that I genuinely enjoy. Because yeah. um, none of these guys have ever had, like, stellar character work. It, they've always relied on someone else with them, I feel. So, so really, like, Bobby Fish had Kyle O'Reilly, you know? Yeah. Like, that was always his. We've seen Tyler Russ kind of have some interesting partners at certain times. Roderick Strong has been with, you know, different people at different points. Pete Dunne, who had more charisma, and so on and so forth. You get the point. So all these guys are kind of charisma black holes, but they're great in the ring. I think, I so, think the one holding up the charisma in the match was Kushida, for sure. Yeah, because he's I the think... one that stands out. I mean, they all have this great wrestling and technical ability, but but he's kind of the only one that stands out as unique at this point in time. Which is kind of okay, because he's also the only one in the match that's currently holding a title. My problem yeah. with this is we're all... Everybody's going their separate ways from the Undisputed Era, for the most part, right? I question Strong comes in with a brand new group, and the first thing they do is throw fish at him. I really, mm. really do question that, because it seems like Undisputed Era is just lingering. But also, I don't feel like... I, I don't believe fish being heartbroken over the disintegration of the Undisputed Era, only because, and it's not his fault, uh, the, we, we know the guy has, like, health issues, health concerns, where he's been sort of in and out. Yeah. So he's been in and out of the Undisputed Era for the lo for as long as we can remember now, so he seems yeah, a little bit... he's had injuries, he's had, you name it, it's been a problem. And I think, he, I think he, they said he had immune issues as well, right? Yes. But he's been so out, like, there was so long where it was just strong Kyle and, and Adam Cole... Cool. I don't believe Fish having a, an issue with Roderick Strong as soon as he comes back. Like I don't, like they haven't well, built he, it up. They it just they they went face. That's why. Why would he blame him? But they went. But like I don't even think he's going to blame anybody because I don't believe him being upset about the group breaking up at all. Like they went yeah, face see, to face in the back. You can say he is upset. Like you know, they they come up with a reason like um, well now I'm making less money or I get less chance. Something stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they went and the where case. they failed, where they failed the other week, last week, when uh, he challenged Roderick Strong and they threw Tyler Rust at him instead, which was a great match. Yeah. Oh, of um, course. You know it's, gonna, it's always going to be a good match, though. That's the but thing. they went face to face. Given they went face to face, and I think the way that they did it in the backstage area, I think NXT thought that was going to be the oh shit moment, and I'm like, there's nothing there. No, there's really not. They thought this was going to be a huge grab for fans to be like, wow, they're feuding. But why would they feud? There's there's no reason for them to be going against each other because Adam Cole caused Huey to break up and him and Kyle damn near killed each other for it, uh, almost literally. And well, then this is, this everything is the thing. else that happened. Like, Cole and O'Reilly fought. And, and, yeah. and uh, what's his name? Roderick Strong was basically the Roman Reigns of the situation, right? is, like, the two of them fought, and he just walked away. Like, Ambrose and Rollins fought, and Roman Reigns just, like, fucked off and did his own thing. So, why does he all of a sudden care when he's got his sights set on the Cruiserweight Championship? Now, when we go full throttle uh, Strong versus Kushida for that championship, I'm going to be all the way in on it, right? But it means Fish has an, an we're supposed to believe, has an issue with Strong. Kushida is going to have a developing issue with Strong. And Tyler Rust is along for the ride. And, like, he felt like the guy that didn't belong in the match, even though he was his partner's tag team partner. Yeah. And it was the first outing for them as a tag team. So, A, they didn't make them look that great. And, B, they stretched them out way too long for a team that hasn't really had a chance to get their feet on the ground. 
No so they, I don't, and, I don't and, think they served anybody in this match. No, it Kushida looked, and, Kushida looked good out of all of them, but I don't think they served anybody here. It didn't. That's that's my big takeaway here. I, I, I wouldn't have even had this as the opening, and I, I would have done the breakout tournament to open, and even that had some rough moments. But we'll get into that in a minute. But see, here's right. the thing. I don't, I, mind, I don't even, I don't know what they're all about. I don't know what they're doing, and, and why should I care now that they're losing? Right. I don't mind it being the opener. I'm not so hung up on that. I, I know similar conversations. That's a very minor complaint. Yeah. You know, I know those... similar conversations happen with AEW, like the Dynamite opening match is this coveted spot, right? It wasn't technically the opening. The opening match is what I'm saying. Yeah, but... the opening match. And that's it, a minor it... complaint because it really started off Put this on in the beginning. Put this on in the beginning because to some degree the crowd is invested in all these guys. Maybe not so much Tyler Rust, but the other three. Kashida's popular. Fish is sort of popular people like roderick strong for what he can do in the ring put this in the in the beginning if you want to cause some shit between them and start building some story have it go five minutes and have a fuck finish and tell me a story see i like the idea of opening strong with um kyle o'reilly and austin theory's match there yeah that's true too but it's like that's almost unfair like that should have that should have main evented a different we're gonna get to that that should have main evented a different week (laughs) No kidding. Um, so I can see what they did with all these guys. The they got a lot. Of, they got a lot of talented guys in this match. I just think uh, they sort of went and coiled one in the ring. Yeah. And, what and was you kind know what of sucks is too is, is you know, before we get too far, but they they have so much talent and we haven't recycled in a while. And I keep saying this, but it's making a difference because they're they're starting to focus on new top talent. But the issue yep. is that when they're doing that, we're, we're not getting other people paid attention to. So now they're going to bring in some people possibly from the main roster as well. You know, we know Mandy Rose came back. There might be a yeah. few others tentatively, so we'll see what happens there. But all in all, it's like, uh, you know, you've got so many great people already that need to be paid attention to. Austin Theory was a fantastic heel champ previously in Evolve. He was so good with that. Yep. And then we saw him in the way, and it kind of seemed like, oh, they're going to be tag champs. There's going to be... And then... It just kind of fell to the wayside. I have, a, I, have a, I have a theory about Austin Theory that I'm going to share with you guys in a minute. But right. what I will say, where uh, where I think the first match kind of shit the bed a little bit, second one that a lot of people were poo-pooing, I actually, not for the match itself, but for all the intrigue around it, you had Frankie Monet versus J.C. Jane. J.C. Jane was just there to be the other body in the ring, basically. But for somebody that was just the other body in the ring, she got some good stuff in on yeah, Frankie Monet. But... I, I enjoyed the match. I like this story where basically Aaliyah is fucked off. Um, Jesse Camilla is hardly listening to Robert Stone at all, and Frankie Monet is basically taken over. But yeah. on the other side of the ring, you got Mandy Rose stretched out all sexy as fuck on the yeah, commentator just, desk. Just making sexy poses the whole time being distracting. There's, no so much, there, but... there's so much intrigue in this because... For me, anyway. And yes, I, I understand that it's still the Robert Stone brand. It's still like bottom-of-the-card stuff. But bottom-of-the-card can still be fun. And that's... Yeah, you need that. Or else that's where no I'm giving this a lot of credit. Because you can be bottom-of-the-card and still be good. Because yeah, it's no a... no top without a bottom. We've said yeah. that for... Is Robert Stone going to walk away and finally become a wrestler? Because we knew he, we know he wrestled in the past. Is it going to be the Frankie Monet brand now? Are, are she and Mandy Rose going to fight over which one of them gets to take over the brand? Are all four of them going to make one fact? Like, there's lots of different venues here. Like, the, the reemergence of Mandy Rose. I know it's she's not everybody's cup of tea. That's fine. Uh, would I have rather Sonya Deville come back to NXT? Yes, obviously. But there's a lot of intrigue in her sort of doing the I'm here and nobody knows why I'm here and I'm just kind of keeping an eye on everything. Like, it's very plain, very basic, but the plain and basic stuff works. Like, what you say always the Occam's Razor. Like, the simple, yeah. the simple, easy stuff is simple and easy and keeps coming back because it works. Exactly. I mean, it's not quite as clever as trading one Guerrero for another, but we do what we can. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that was a crap decision. No one enjoyed that. <sighs> that segment see, that's the thing. I don't know why people soul. Said, uh, poo-pooed on this match, because not only was it enjoyable, but like, right away, Monet, you know, she she gets right in there, and oh, she gets hit with an enziguri really quick. And then yep. she gets out of the way for the cannonball, and then she does that yell she does with the big meteora. Yep. And then she's doing the ground and pound, and then that's when Mandy Rose shows up. And I'm like, okay, like you said, there's layers here. It's like a, you know, a bean dip, multi-layer, lots of cheese, 
a little something for everybody. You don't like beans? Well, we'll add some more, you know, some more cheese. Got a little sour cream, got a little taco sauce. Everybody gets something. And okay, you know, it, that's the, that's the terrible analogy though. But it is true. Everyone gets a little option here. You know, there's yep. something for everybody. I feel like even though it is bottom of the barrel, quote unquote, you know, quote unquote. I I I do enjoy it still, and it's that kind of comedy that's been silly enjoyable. Robert Stonebrand, for the most part, has worked for me. It's not been flawless by any means. Yeah, but it's had character. It's had a good set story. It's had some intrigue to it with different members and drama. And Robert and Stone is such fall. a good, like, fall guy, comedy guy. Well, it was great seeing him get attacked and run over by the tank multiple yeah. times. And then getting beat by uh, Ray Kell and Rhea Ripley, all that stuff. I mean, oh that was God. hilarious. How dare Aaliyah attack me with only one shoe? If I was double-shoed, I would have taken her down. Have you seen his yeah, Twitter? Exactly. His Twitter oh, yeah. is fucking great. You know who benefits from this, though? Honestly, is Jesse Camilla. Oh, yeah. Because Taya Valkyrie, Frankie Monet, whatever you want to call her, brings some name value for obvious reasons. Mandy Rose, whether you like it or not, even though the main roster is pretty shit most of the time, somebody coming in from the main roster still does carry a certain type of cachet, like a certain yeah, type of recognition. It's, it's newsworthy. So if you've got two sort of well-known people, along with Robert Stone, who makes himself noticeable because he's such a great comedic fall guy, the fourth person in that collection of people is going to be elevated along with them. Plus, she's fantastic in the ring. Like, they're not going to put her... They're not going to put her up against Raquel Gonzalez to get killed anytime soon. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a spot. It doesn't mean, like, like I say, this lower part of the card stuff doesn't have a spot. And I really... It's not the number one top thing that I'm looking forward to every week, but I do want to see where this goes. Which is more than I can say for something brand new that I should be invested in, like the Diamond Mine, like we just talked about. Exactly. Like, we should we should be saying, like, what are these guys doing? What are they offering? What are we getting here? But instead, we're just kind of stuck. I, I don't quite grasp yeah. where they're going with this. And people say, oh, you're not giving it time. Well, they debuted, what, a month ago, I feel yep. like? And since then, have we gotten anything worthwhile? Yeah. And the thing is, there's a big difference, right? Like, between the Diamond Mine, who don't feel like they're doing anything, the Frankie Monet, Mandy Rose, etc. thing, we don't know what it's doing, but there's that that underlying feeling of they're doing something. And I think that... Exactly. Well, no, they are, and it makes a big difference because... We're like, oh, wow, hey, let's see what happens here. Let's see what comes next. Where does Mandy Rose fit into this? Is someone taking over the Robert Stone brand? Are we going to see, you know, Jane there, Jason Jane, get some type of uh, push as well? And like yep. you say, with Jaya Lee. And, uh, well, there's a whole lower there's a whole lower tier right now. JC Jane, uh, Zeta Ramir. Uh, I wouldn't so much say Zoe Stark because she's getting a lot of focus, but, like, the Zoe other Stark's two... Zoe gotten a lot of focus so far. Uh, Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade have hardly seen anything, but they've seen... They've put them out there, like, just enough that I'm intrigued that, like... When Gigi he's, only had that one match, right? Uh, she's had a couple... Like, they debuted... Cora Jade is the one that hasn't come back, I think, since they debuted okay. in the in the, in the the Women's Dusty. Uh, but follow her. There's so Instagram. much wrestling at this point. I get it's so hard to keep up. Yeah. You know? I still, I still think if we want to go way back to the women's Dusty, I think having some of the matches of the women's Dusty on 205 Live was fucking retarded. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, Taya Frankie Monet, she's definitely you know, she has this this pedigree, this this lineage that you know it it her track record speaks volumes, and she definitely comes in with a lot of prestige, and and you know she's got something to offer. So it is interesting to see now at this point in time, you know, what 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 are they going to do with her? What are we going to see? How I does, do like the contrast that she brings too, right? Because I've always said, if you go back to one of my favorite feuds, which was John Cena versus CM Punk, it was the quintessential wrestler versus superstar, right? And the women's yeah. revolution, uh, not to use the cliche that they use on the main roster, but in NXT was all about great in-ring wrestling you got your charlottes and your eo shirai's and your oscars and your Shayna baszler's and all that a bunch of great wrestling whereas frankie monet is kind of the opposite frankie monet is kind of the the superstar the the john cena if you will and i think that an influx like that in nxt because it swings so far the other way is gonna make a lot of difference when they decide to put her in the big title picture 
I don't know what yeah. it's going to do to the big title picture, but it is going to change it. No, I, I get that, and that's the thing. So, um, and we'll see what happens. But I think we agree ne- what's on what's coming up next. Match of the night by a long shot. Yeah, we we kind of said this before. So before that, we get uh, Mackenzie. What's her last name? Mitchell. She's she's talking to Johnny and Austin about you know obviously his loss to Karrion Cross, how he didn't get the title. Theory's basically saying like I I haven't slept in weeks and you know. But it only happened last week. Exactly. So that always makes me laugh. And this is where Kyle shows up, and he's like, oh, I'm going to challenge Austin Theory to a match in a little bit. And Theory accepts, and it kind of just... And then Johnny's like, well, you're on your own. Yeah, so that made me laugh. So right right after Kyle leaves, Johnny just goes up to him, and he's like, oh... I know if you want to be like Papa John, you got to do what you did last week, and you know the Papa John rest. thing pops me every time. It's so funny. He's like, "Well, you got to wrestle without me at ringside." So uh, I thought it was a funny way to set up the match. Just simple. Hey, what are we gonna get? Then when we come back, we get the little thing with Bronson Reed. Um, Bronson Reed's facing Adam. Cole. Next week, we're gonna talk about this at the end. Next week's shaping up to be pretty nice. Some of the action, yeah. not not maybe not so much some of the storytelling, but some of the matches that we're getting next week. I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. And then so you get Kyle versus Theory, which I like. And here here's the thing that's hard to do, right? They're maintaining that Theory is this goofball, and he might be a little. A little bit of a dumbass. Let's like let's be real. But yeah. they're while he's doing that, they're letting him like prove himself in the ring and not just be like sneaky, easy win heel tactic guy. He's got yeah, that he's not spring- constantly getting beat. He's got that springboard Spanish fly that I don't care what you don't like about him. The the springboard Spanish fly off the second rope is like becoming like the part of his his uh, what's the word I'm looking for repertoire. Yeah, uh, and I should expound on that, too, because, you know, him being beat in the sense of, yeah, he still loses, but he doesn't look outmatched to, at any point. He's losing like a winner it is is pretty much the only way I can say it. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is really working on getting that top rope knee drop over, and he's not always going to do it to your head. In this case, he did it to the to the knee to set up for the knee bar, and if they set that up as, like, almost a multifaceted finisher – that's a cool story to tell because, yeah, he's coming off with that knee, but is he going to break your arm? Is he going to take your knee out? Is he going for the head because he's going for a headshot? Yeah. Um, I, I also like when Kyle comes in, he does like the, the like taekwondo moves, like he's you know karate master basically and starts just doing all these different strikes. And See, the thing is, even with his different music, even, with, even being away from Undisputed Era, I still expect him to do the air guitar when yeah. he does the entrance. Um, but... Uh, the only thing I can compare it to, and it might be an odd comparison, uh, remember when it became a meme, like, you can hit the RKO out of nowhere, you can get it off the steps, you can get it off the apron, you can get it off the thing. I think he's doing his own version of that with that knee drop, because he yeah. can do so many different things. Obviously, the big chain around the knee uh, for the Adam for the win over Adam Cole, uh, the fact that he used it to uh, Austin Theory's knee, in this case, to set up for the knee bar, it's, a, it's almost a Swiss Army finishing maneuver. Basically, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, you can master, and, and it's one of those things that can, uh, you know, be executed at any point. Yeah, and it doesn't matter the size of the guy. That used to be, like, the old test for if something was a good finisher. Like, can yeah. you do, can you you do it, it to anybody, anybody of any size? Exactly. That's where you got moves like the stunner, the diamond cutter, the, the RKO, the pedigree, even though watching Triple H do a pedigree to the big show was hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, that was funny. But going back to this match, like I said um, – you know that that running blockbuster looked amazing. Yep. You mentioned before, you know certain parts. The blue thunder bomb for the two count was a great near fall. Right. And that was a great moment. Theory's gear and new music is, is was really good. I like that he had like that X Men theme gear going on, and he's got new music which was was better than before. I like his entrance. Every time they tweak the music, they keep it similar enough so that here's an individual. You can still recognize him. Here's yeah. an individual, but they're still part of this group. I still love the the whole skyline. Thing. They do it for the way in like a superhero kind of way, and they do it for Bronson Reed in the Godzilla kind of way. But yeah. both of them are different enough, and they're still really effective. Uh, the, the little tweaks, like you can rip apart NXT for some of the bad stuff like we did with the first match, but there's little tweaks that they do that are interesting enough that they'll be like, yeah, you know what, they are paying attention. They are doing at least more than the main roster. 
Yeah, no doubt. But like you said, those little tweaks, so it's still recognizable. But that's why I was looking forward to people like Karrion Cross going to the main roster, especially with the new stage, with that massive screen. I was like, oh, I can't wait till we see Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross's entrance. And I when take WWE, when WWE main roster starts flubbing on the visual presentation and the video presentation, I'm stealing it from uh, from what culture? Once again, it means Vince McMahon has literally forgot how to ride a bike. Because that used to be the shit that they were good at. The the big time feel. That or it's intentional big... and he's, he's doing it to purposely, you know. Well, having, yeah, that. What if but... he's having like a mince of words with, with Hunter and him and Paul? Don't you know? God knows what's going on because it seems like a personal thing with NXT at this point. It feels personal. <laughs> put put a spare thought out there for Keith Lee as well. Um. Yeah, so, so then we're getting the mariachi music festival. And Not yet. I want to. I want to. I want to touch on one thing before we move on to that. Because oh. after the fallout from this match was in the back with the way in their in their dressing room, where Johnny Gargano is kind of pissed off that he didn't win last week. Theory is pissed off that he didn't win tonight. The girls are still pissed off that. The, Wow, the girls, Candace and Indy. I'm not Indy, trying to be an asshole, I promise. They're pissed off about this, that, and the next thing. The three of them start arguing, and Indy all of a sudden is like, stop picking on Austin Theory. If he wants to kiss Dexter Loomis, you should let him. And yeah. it's great. Indy Hartwell is a gift on NXT as well. The Dexter Loomis thing, not so much, but she in general is great. And the three of them fight, and he just kind of walks off, and he does the whole melodramatic, this family is falling apart. <laughs> and she's Which, just funny and, and if, consistently and thing, funny. The thing is, anybody else doing that is is terrible. Yeah, it'd be But ridiculous. because he's this goofy child of this faction, it absolutely works. And it got me thinking, because apparently Austin Theory has also had, like, main event tryouts or like tryouts for some of the main roster writers or whatever. I don't yeah. want them to break up the way because the way is one of the best things that happens on NXT, right? But take the way away from Austin Theory and for some reason just at the right when this scene was I just dropped something, sorry. Um, right as this was happening, I saw him walk away and as soon as he walked away from them at, it hit my head like, is he going to the main roster? Immediately I was like Intercontinental Champion. No, oh, yeah, no doubt about like, it. And not not even like, oh, maybe they'll put a belt on him one day. I'm like, specifically, Intercontinental Champion. Have him. He's one that I would like to see a long run and be a real heel prick. Yeah. Screw over and win on a bunch of talents, and that's why you know him and Briggs work so well. And yeah, I, you I were telling me that about that, story that last time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another thing that you know we can not to recreate it the same, but. The essentiality behind it is that, okay, he works great as a heel, so it would be easy to build up a baby face around him. Can you imagine, though, if Gargano stays in NXT, but he goes to the main roster to be Austin Theory's manager as Austin Theory goes on an Intercontinental title run? Yeah, and I mean, that's another thing, too, uh, apparently with the main roster. They're viewing NXT as its own thing and, you know, the main roster as a separate universe. Yeah. So basically the way they're handling it is that, you know, Cross didn't lose as far as NXT is concerned. The fans obviously know which which is Cross, which is dumb. Yeah, like let's be real. Ridiculous. But I'm just watch, I'm thinking about this Gargano thing, and you remember the short period of time where, uh, or actually it wasn't that short, but the period of time where uh, Sami Zayn wasn't wrestling, and he was yeah. like man managing Shinsuke Nakamura, and he was being like completely like retarded behind him, like as he was going yeah. down his entrance or whatever. Can you imagine yeah. Gargano doing that for Theory at like a WrestleMania? Oh, it, it'd be hilarious. It'd be absolutely because he does. Gar the, the reason the the way thing works is Gargano doesn't give a shit about looking like an ass, like like not like an ass, like an asshole, but like looking like an ass. <laughs> exactly, and that's how the, that's how the whole way thing works. In the process, but I'm like put put the IC title on Austin Theory, piss everybody off because that's how people are, and then we get into the promo between Legato Del Fantasma. Legato yep. del Fantasma and Hit Row. Well, Hit Row had their, you know, their concert. I forget what the actual name of it is. But oh, the, the uh, Celebration Cipher. Cipher, that's what it was. And now we're supposed to get the mariachi thing going on here, and I'm like, huh, we'll see what's the mariachi music. I uh, love that musical. though, because it's like no, fuck no, it that. fits. It's funny, and, and it's like their retort to their cipher. So I, you know, they're feuding with each other. It fit. It's funny. 
I, I was all about this. And then what it turned into was even better because they come out with the mariachis. And, and they're like, no, we're not doing that. We're not Hit Row. Yeah, that's stupid. Get the hell out of the ring. Like, you know, is their way of handling it, so. It was a really uh, prolonged was way to set up a guitar shot, let's be real. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, but again, you know, um, it, it was Chekhov's guitar there because you knew yeah. it was going to be used, but it was a matter of when. So that, that built up that, that you know, suspense and intrigue. What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? When well, it's, it's the you know, dramatic thing, happen. and, like, I have to give credit to somebody from what culture but not what culture WWE uh, Adam Cleary said this years ago on a video and I thought it was fucking great they were talking about movies and he said the difference between two different movie scenes right if you and I sit down in a cafeteria and shoot the shit for five minutes about wrestling and whatever and at the end of our conversation the bomb under the table explodes then you get yeah. five seconds of excitement Whereas if you show the audience at the beginning the of, at the beginning of our conversation the bomb, and then that's all the audience is thinking as you and I are sitting across the cafeteria table talking about wrestling. Yeah, and I just think that's not something Adam specifically clearly said himself. I, I know he said that. No, before. he was explaining the theory of some yeah. that somebody else had laid out. He was yeah. just putting it in simple terms, and I like giving what culture credit <laughs> unless your name is Michael Sidgwick. Um, yeah, I have, but it, no, it works because that's that's you know tried and true methods. Yeah. And that's how suspense is built because the audience being omnipotent helps. You know, when we have that that insider info, it's not an issue and it works for us. So they they need to, you know, sometimes it's good to be surprised, but other times it's good to be clued in. And in main roster stuff, they really don't seem to have a handle on it. NXT gets the main roster when they try to tell you stuff in advance, they're so heavy-handed with it. They might as well have told you this is how the story's going to go. Yes, you, there's no room for interpretation or you know, a chance to enjoy anything, sadly. I will say, like, I, I love... I, I said this before, last time we, we got a chance to talk about Hit Row, right? Yeah. I don't really listen to any one particular thing that they say in a promo. Because their, yeah, their gimmick, their their yeah. aura, whatever, their, like, I guess you could say the theme of their gimmick isn't yeah. completely directed at me. And I accepted that a long time ago. But they've got such an energy within them that I will listen to the promo no matter what they're saying. Yeah, and uh, the, the way they, they have they make the, a great deal of sense. They're fun to listen to. They bounce off each so other, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and so, he's using that word, but it, it's, it's a truth. They are. They're just so damn charismatic that the charisma is, is like a whole nother level. Yeah. It's like I, it's like I said. Uh, Makes it just uh, exciting in, in the easiest way possible. If you can make something that's not my cup of tea still enjoyable that's great it's like there's uh i'm not going to give any spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it but there's a lot of elements of black widow and you warned me as well that should have driven me nuts in black widow just with the various opinions that i have on various things but even the things that were like that and i could see why somebody that would see that would think it would drive me nuts the movie was done so well and in my personal opinion thought it handled it so well that it didn't bug me and it's the same thing here with, hmm. with hit row like it's not i don't think it's aimed at me but yeah, that's not but, but that's not keeping me from enjoying it and that's got to be credit to these guys thing. no i get that entirely it's not something that i would typically be a huge you know proponent of and be so inclined to be excited about but they've done such a good job that i really have enjoyed i am i am looking forward i mean i'm sure there's going to be individual matches but i am looking forward to this trios match that we're going to get eventually and yes aew oh, fans yeah. i said trios you can now rip your cocks off <laughs> it's fine uh i don't have much else to say and i don't really have much to say about the the breakout match this week other than odyssey jones looks like a beast and the gentleman he was in the ring with whose name i can't recall um, got destroyed I had it written down here. Uh, Andre Chase. Yep, Andre Chase, that was it. Uh, got destroyed. Um, f I mean, some of the comparisons are obvious. Some of them are not so obvious. I looked at this guy. I've never seen him before. I'm not familiar. I got really, really young Mark Henry slash Keith Levi's from him. Dude is athletic as fuck for his size. Oh, I'm, absolutely. I, I don't know that he'll win, but I, I do want to see whatever he does next. And I know no matter what that is, it's going to be pretty damn exciting. That's the thing. I mean, he's got quite this. Uh, I do find it kind of frustrating that they haven't him. shown they haven't shown us a full bracket. Like they're telling us 
what match is Each coming week, up next what's week. What's going to happen? Yeah. They, they're showing us like, oh, this match is happening, and the next week this match is happening, but we don't know like the winner of this match is facing the winner of this match. They haven't given us that piece of the puzzle. Maybe they're not sure yet, which I guess is kind of fine. It's better than putting a redaction in later on, but I would like to have that piece just because you don't need a story in a tournament because the tournament is the story. Well, if you don't show me the bracket, then I'm missing a big piece of the story. Yeah, exactly. And now we're gonna get Carmelo Hayes taking on Josh Briggs. Yeah, next week. I was I was gonna so. say that in our in our look ahead to next week, but basically the guy that I, I, I picked now I'm excited. Yeah. The guy that I picked to win the whole thing versus the guy that you picked, I think, to win the whole thing. Uh, just I I like Josh. I don't think he's gonna win, but I wish you know that they would go with it. I still think you were right in picking Carmelo. But he's he, he's the one you're backing, so to speak. Yeah, Josh is you know Briggs is someone that I really enjoy and and would love to see him be successful here. Hopefully, you know, obviously if he doesn't win, they still keep him around and have some plans for him. So there you go. It's, it's Spaz go. Phoenix versus Jake Demarco next week on NXT. Oh yeah, and they definitely you know they, they're in desperate need of baby faces, and he's about as good as it gets for that. All right. Um, he's someone Jake. that I would rush through to the main roster actually. Jake, I need you to do me a favor, man. Yes. I need you to talk about the million-dollar stuff, because I can't. Okay, see, I actually like this week. Other weeks, I haven't enjoyed, and I haven't been crazy about. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for them to go ahead and, and, and have, basically, it, you know, we get a million-dollar uh, match here. We get L.A. Knight with Cameron Grimes taking on Drake Maverick, the one and only, and this basically is is a the whole point of this match is is just to set up forcing Cameron Grimes to be a heel, and I loved it because that's not something we see often where you know the face is forced to be a heel, and it was pretty damn interesting. And I thought, hey, this is the most believable Cameron Grimes has been yet, and this has been certainly the most intriguing because we haven't really seen him. I don't want to say suffer; that's the wrong word, but we haven't seen him have to deal with anything yet because it's been basically. He's paid to get out of the, the consequences, and he hasn't really cared about being a uh, a butler. You know, it, it's been nothing that, of consequence for him. He's kind of just laughed it That's off. That's what's pissed me it. off, though, man. Like, I'm sorry. I know he's supposed to be like the, the now that he's a face, he's supposed to be the goofy, happy-go-lucky guy. But, but you should miserable. He lost the title. His you his shouldn't be this happy about being a bitch. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That part of it doesn't fly. Like, and I'm sorry. Like. You you and I have had this discussion so many times at this point since the whole million-dollar thing started happening in NXT, and I said, ah, it'll be a little bit of fun. They'll bring back the belt. It'll be some good nostalgia. A million-dollar man on my TV isn't going to hurt my feelings at all. But, like, for me, and I, and I did the whole, like, hey, I know it's not working for me, but it's working for some people. I was trying to have that, like, charitable outlook on it. But I'm yeah. looking at this this week, and I'm like, this is piss, man. It's been like, a miss every week up until this week, I feel like. This is the first I, week that clicked for me just because of how they delivered certain things. With with Cameron Grimes, every other week, you know, just being uh, lackluster in, in the sense of, like, you know, he's just aloof, he doesn't give a damn, you know, just very, like, eh, whatever, it doesn't affect me. And then you flash forward to tonight, Maverick is his friend. I wish they had more of, like, a friendship there, but still... He, you know, Drake Maverick is is taking on L.A. Knight, and then he's supposed to, you know, Cameron Grimes is supposed to hold up the belt constantly for L.A. Kay. Knight. So you think the L.A. Knight? Sorry, is I'm going to cut you off there. Yeah, go right ahead. That's where the logic falls apart for me. Dastardly evil heel L.A. Knight, who I don't buy anymore. I was giving him credit of being in the same like category as a couple of other heels that I really like. I take that all back. Whatever the conversation we had last time, where I was comparing him to various people, I take all that shit back. If you are a dastardly heel, and you have this schmuck that has to do what you say, and you're going to make your schmuck attack this guy, why would you not do it in the match? Why would you not do it in the match? Why would you instead distract yourself with this goofball? And I'm sorry, see, I, I don't. I, I, see, here's I, the thing, I, I don't even here. remember who won. I know Maverick got beat up after the fact, but did LA Knight win? Yes, he won. Okay. Because no, here's no, no, the no, no, Drake Maverick won. He Drake Maverick won. That was, that was a point. And then, because instead uh, of using the, the schmuck on the outside, the instead of using the schmuck on the outside during the match to get a win, you he distracted yourself with your schmuck on the outside, got exactly. a loss, and then had him do it after the fact, illustrating how dumb it is that you should have done it during the Like, why didn't he have him, hey, I'm going to whip, like, 
show them talking ahead of time or whatever. Hey, every time I give him an Irish whip, I need you to be there to sweep the leg. Like (laughs) that would have made more sense. But here's the thing. He was just trying to embarrass Cameron and he knows that Cameron really wanted the title. So he's like, I'm the champion. I'm going to remind you of that. I want you to constantly hold up the belt. And then he distracted himself by being so vain and narcissistic. And that's when Drake Maverick was able to drop kick Knight into the, the belt. You know, he sent his head flying into the title belt and then he got the pinfall quick. And then that's when uh, Grimes is like, run away, get out of here. And then L.A. Knight catches Maverick and beats the snot out of him for a long time. And that's when he orders Cameron Grimes to come in and punch Drake in the face while he holds him in place. And Grimes is like, no, no, no. And then he sits in the corner and he's remorseful. You know, he feels bad about it. And that's when L.A. Knight is gloating and just, you know, basically saying like, oh, it's, it's, you know, time to go. So it it worked well for me this time because it was his narcissistic vain attitude that that was the demise of L.A. Knight in the match. Usually you don't want champions losing, but this belt isn't really a championship either. And then the after stuff was good because it actually made Cameron Grimes suffer for the first time. This has been the only time I've had any sympathy for his character, which is why you're supposed to be a freaking butler. Here's the thing. Eva Marie sending Dewdrop into her matches to get wins on her behalf and still claiming the victories is more credible than this to me. Okay, I, I can, that's where that's where I sit with this right now. Because even Marie is coming off as a smart heel, L.A. Knight is coming off as this guy who's so wrapped up in his cockiness. He'd rather be cocky than win the match that he's in when well, he's got somebody. I mean, they're, they're so vain and so adorned by their own beauty. They're, they're... I bet he thinks this song is about him, but <laughs> he's going to end up. Everybody comes out of this looking dumb is my problem. Like, if I could okay, look at this... that I can agree with. That I see your point on. If I could come out of this thinking one of them in the end, I don't care whether, like, Cameron Grimes loses again and that's the end of the story, or L.A. Knight gets his comeuppance and that's the end of the story. If I could believe at some point that one of them was going to emerge from this story and I would give a shit, I would be okay with it. I, I would sort of run it through. I don't see me giving a shit about either of these guys ever like well, after see, this is over just because like, i like tonight i don't know if i'm gonna like it going forward and i don't know that i'll ever actually care about cross or, again as well as cameron grimes yeah. as well as la Knight, as well like that's the problem here and that's the big issue for me is that they're losing me with certain people like even though i did like this week i know i sound hypocritical but i unless yeah. they really turn cameron grimes around just because I enjoyed one night of the story, I yeah. have not cared for every other bit of it. That it, it it's swayed me to really not enjoy either one of them when I thought I would. I, Cameron Grimes at first, I'm like, oh, this is great. I love the money story and him having money, but and I feel like they just handled it so piss poor as well. And then they get into this, and it's it's like, okay, he's supposed to chase the belt, but it's done in such a way that all right, he's going to gain sympathy for being the butler, but they don't do that right, and it just leaves so much to be desired. So, I, I can see what you're saying about not caring yeah. about either one of them going forward past this, and I think that's a worry, but maybe they'll find a way to rehab them. So we'll here's see what thing, happens though. going forward. Here's the thing, though, like for me, and 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 and, I'll, and I take your comparison. The difference between this and, and how they absolutely destroyed Cross on Monday is I've had whatever it was, six months of NXT carrying Cross that I enjoyed. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I know yeah, he's overstayed his welcome and whatever. But, like, he had one absolutely destructive night. I've never, people have seen me waver on this since the guy came to NXT, I've never had a solid opinion on crimes. <laughs> Like no, ever, and, and, I don't think and LA Knight hasn't had a chance either. to be anything. Like he came back and had a couple of random matches, and then got thrown into this. So Grimes's history isn't that like. It's not stellar. No, it's not that overly appealing either. Like I don't want to sound like a jerk. By like any the only thing I forgave, the only thing of his that I was looking forward to, only because I knew it was going to be stupid, was the haunted house with Loomis, and then the zombies got drafted to the main ridiculous. roster. The zombies got drafted to the main roster. <laughs> The zombies got treated better on the main roster than the NXT fucking champion. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Speaking of which, our NXT women's champion uh, nearly killed Xia Li. <laughs> I don't. I really didn't see like what what was the the move didn't look like it was delivered wrong. I guess she just landed on her hard when she went off the top rope. I think she what like she hit her with the finisher and then she went off the top rope and you heard her go oh. 
like it definitely hurt, no doubt. I, I think, think it, it might have. Hard landing, I don't. I, I haven't read any updates. You, you and Joe are much more up on the like the news side of things. But just yeah, me, I, I just haven't heard anything yeah, yet. Just me watching on the on the night. It looks like because she was. Um, uh, how can I describe this in an audio platform? I'm terrible. Uh, you know where you're basically, you know how you would basically stand on the ropes if you were doing like a Vader bomb, like standing, like looking down at the turnbuckles. She yes. was in that pose, and as she was in the air, she turned around so that when she landed, it was a senton. Yeah, I think, so she came down on her back as if she was doing the, the you know, the Jeff Hardy finisher. I and... don't think, I don't think she completely flattened out to lying on her back. I think she laid slightly with her side. So I don't know whether it was a case of like her ribs, like I'm coming again right now. And I mean, you literally see she's laying on her back, Zylie is, and then mm. you see Raquel go to the second rope. She jumps, she puts her legs out for the Vader bomb, then she flips on her back. And then when she lands, as you said, it is it is on her side. So she's hitting. So it, it, it wasn't so, completely flat. It also no. could be something as simple as like not to be rude, not to take the piss out of uh, Raquel Gonzalez at all. But there's a big size difference there, man. That's the like, thing. I think that... she knocked the wind out of her too. Yeah, kind or of... like not. I'm I, I'm not going to try and pretend to be a medical person, but like bruised something inside. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to speculate. It's 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 really really rude for me to speculate, but it looked it looked painful, and uh, you know you want to believe that the character is hurt, not the person. Oh and... yeah, it was an injury scare. She's fine. Yeah. You know, they, they, they Oh, yeah, no, if she wasn't the, fine, the we would have heard something her. about it by now. Yeah, uh, Big Mommy's, you know, Cool's one-armed powerbomb looked good, but uh, we assumed that it was like a broken rib or something on the springboard senton. It wasn't a lot yeah. of fun to take, but the medical staff said that um, allowing her to fight was a good sign, and the follow-up reports are positive. Fightful says that the Tian Shea member appeared okay backstage. And it was supposed to have a Haas fight, like a big Haas fight, despite one of the wrestlers not having a traditional Haas build. It wasn't great, but it was good enough to make me curious to see. How I think it you know what it is though. Before, here. before that, and I, I think it was kind of a good call for them to not have uh, the rest of Tian Sha out there and have Xia Li on her own, sort of for the first time. Like I think it gave her a lot more credibility, just like visually, if that makes and sense. It kind of, I don't want to say excuses the loss. That's not the right word. No. But... No, it makes her, it makes her look stronger in the loss. Because if she's got two other people backing her up and she loses, that's not the same as you know what I I went out and gave it a hell of a fight. I came up on the short end, but before the injury happened, she was a pretty much a, more of a firecracker on Raquel Gonzalez than I thought we were gonna see. Oh yeah, more than anybody else has had the chance to be. Because uh, Zia Lee will be champion at some point. Because she's no, got. I, I know she will. People are like oh she's buried already. She's no, she's yeah. not ruined here. No, but out, outside of the... This, which was good, you know, and, and I I thought that it was a pretty steady match. Unfortunately, the end, I, I mean, it, having her struggle to get up was not a great sign, but the doctor said she was able to continue, and, and that's kind of where we left off, and I, I think that, yep. you know, we still hear she's okay, so let's And you know on. what? Obviously, they cut the match short, and you know what? Even if she got back to the back and was fully fine, I'd rather have them have, like, a short... Like, obviously... I'm saying that I'm sure a lot of people are saying the same thing. I'm sure you say the same thing. I'd yeah. rather have them cut the match short, take her to the back, find out that she's okay, than think ah it's fine and carry on, and then she does fuck herself up or like exactly live to fight another fuck, day. fuck up a it. short rib or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, she gave a hell of a, a hell of a fight where she didn't she didn't project herself as a small person in this match, which is which is really hard to do. Like uh, Dakota Kai has had a couple of matches like that. When, when she was a babyface and getting destroyed by Rhea Ripley in NXT UK, she yeah. played the small person. But then when she sort of attituded up and Rhea Ripley came over here to NXT proper, she fought her, but she wasn't playing the small person anymore. And Xia Li, okay. since this transformation, I mean, she's been facing people more her size, to be fair, but she hasn't been playing the small person anymore. And she didn't, like, it didn't seem like a David and Goliath thing through most. You knew she wasn't going to win. Like, let's yeah, be real. Let's exactly. be let's be transparent. But, like, she wasn't playing, a, like, I'm going to get repetitive now, but she wasn't playing a small person in the match, even though her no, opponent was bigger. No, it felt like a hoss fight. I agree with that. Even though she wasn't a big size, that's what they were trying to do, you know, because the Yuranagi, things like that, a lot of it looked good. And, I, again, it, it, I, I think the plan was to not have everyone 
Tian Sha be out there with her, not have everyone out there, so that they could kind of justify the loss here, make her look good. But the sad part, she never really got the chance to look like she had a chance to win here, yeah. and the injury really understated her ability to beat yeah. Raquel. Yeah, no, it it worked as a as sort of an excuse if you want to call it that for the loss. But I mean, even just seeing her come down to the ring, just seeing her be in the match on her own again. Um, oh yeah, like, like no, we said no about there. like we said about Austin Theory earlier, like she lost like a winner. Yes. And I think I'm going to use that going forward because I think it's a really good expression that I've sort of pulled out of my ass. Yeah, I like it. You know, um, certainly, uh, we'll add that to the bucket list. But uh, here's the thing. I just wish they pushed a, a little bit more in the match and gave her a few more times where it was like, oh, crap, maybe she can win. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't I, I don't I, think it's the last time we're going to Certainly not, two. but it was just, to, to me, the injury made it seem like, oh, crap, she, maybe she just escaped this time. Instead yeah. of, wow, she she came close to victory. Yeah, but you know what? Even, even if you do tell the story of, oh, she just escaped, like, you can escape and regroup. Yes. And that's yes. a cool so, story to well, tell. That's why they can save this from here. It, it's not over with yet. As we're Cross is booking, it's hard when you lose that. You know, it had, had she lost how Cross lost, we'd be having a different conversation. And then all the stuff afterwards, Joe comes out, he brushes by everybody, and he's going ahead and, you know... He, the crowd starts chanting Jeff To Hardy, be fair, so. I think they wanted to switch the audience's focus away from the potential injury to something else. Granted, like, but... He, he, like, he, gave, he gave them a look as, as he was going to the ring. It was really, really subtle, and I don't know that I would have mentioned this in a solo review, but like you could see, like, just like wrestler-to-wrestler wrestler respect, like he did give a glance over to Zia Lee, like as he was coming down. Yeah. And uh, it was just a okay. really, really quick wrap up of the show. Now, if you, yeah, if we, had... we see, you know, uh, William Regal beat up outside, and obviously, who's in control of who? Carrying crosses. No, it's who that. who provoked who, which well, I think is it, that you could almost make that the slogan for their match because the whole thing was I'm an authority figure, you can't provoke me. When really, yeah. Cross was you getting still pissed feel off like at him. You're in control. That's the line. That's if, what it was. If if the catch if the catchphrase for this is who provoked who, I'm totally okay with that. Now, but yeah, that's what they're going with. You still feel like you're in control. You know, it's great. Yeah. I'm really glad that they had a. Um, I mean, not specifically Cross and Joe per se, but I'm glad they had another quick run out sort of. I guess you call like a quick wrap of the show because yeah. like he thought something was happening, he didn't realize something had already happened. Okay, everybody cut to black and wonder about it for next week. Because if we had ended the show on fans speculating that Zaylee had just gotten injured and that's the last thing they saw, I think that would be a really troubling way to end the show. Oh, absolutely, because the, the last image is what sticks with you the most, and that's why it was a hard lesson for AEW to learn a few times, but. I mean, sparklers and mattresses. But anyways, mm. I will say the uh, the past few like pay-per-view level AEW shows have been a lot of fun. Not not going to get into that here because we've got about two minutes left before I got to hand you over to Joe. Um, yeah, but Fighter Fest Night One was stellar. Night Two was decently good. It wasn't as good as Night One, but still, uh, Fight for the Fallen next week looks damn good on paper. So we'll see what happens there with the five on five. Yeah, they borrowed they borrowed the Survivor match. Series. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited for it. Uh, and Chavo is there. Are you excited uh, one, about one, Chavo? I guess that makes more sense than Vicky, but... The name on the contract does say Guerrero, but it says Chavo. Chavo. <laughs> I'm a terrible person that's Chavo. going to hell. Couldn't I'm you a just bring out a Ouija board and say it was Eddie? Oh, my, oh I'm not touching that. <laughs> I'm not touching... You know what I am looking forward to, though? What's that? Next week. Hmm... Next week we got Thatcher and Champa versus Dunn and Lorcan, which I don't think is going to have a finish, but I think eventually they will have a match that will be considered a number one contenders match. Because yeah. Dunn and Lorcan finish we're expecting, but Dunn and Lorcan uh, going on to take over to take on MSK is a really interesting match because Lorcan yeah. not having his partner there, but having Dunn, who's a singles champion, as his partner, there's an interesting story to tell there. Thatcher and Champa, I'm sorry, have already had a pay-per-view title match, so I think they could do the honors here. If not this week, then whatever the final deciding match is. We got Spaz versus Jake, yes, otherwise known as Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs. I'm really looking forward to this. As I say, I'm already kind of a fan of Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. 
And speaking of people I'm a fan of, you got Bronson Reed, who's going up and uh, really shooting his shot against Adam Cole. I don't yeah. think he's going to win, but I think Adam Cole's going to make him look like a million bucks. Yeah, we'll see what happens with, you know, does anyone interfere? Does something happen? How are they going to keep this story going? Uh, I'm, I am intrigued as well. And then let's see. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here it is. Here, here's the sales pitch. Let's Ooh. see if Adam Cole can make his much larger opponent look good compared to his wife mm-hmm. trying to make her slightly larger opponent look competent. Well, that's not fair. Bronson Reed can wrestle. <laughs> Uh, you, but like I said the other night, too, for the review, I mean, I do give Nyla credit. She is brave. She definitely has balls, oh, big balls, because God. she is just, you know, not afraid to get hurt. No matter how bad the move is, she doesn't care because she's not afraid to get hurt. That's some big balls. Yeah, she'll shoot her shot, too. Anyways. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we also have Hit Row taking on uh, Aikner and Barthel, so that'll be good. Oh, and did they? I missed that. Frankie Monet and Kamea is going to take on Casey and Caden, so hell of a hell of a tag team match there. I'm sorry, uh, if that's if that's the case, uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, you're hard-pressed to tell me that they can do anything wrong, because they can come out and not even have a match. They can come out and absolutely get destroyed in a match. They can come out and win a match, and I still love them. Like, oh, they, are, they are the MSK of the women's tag team division. Oh, and that was the only thing we didn't mention, was the MSK interview. They're kind of telling their origin story, and they get cut off, and it was a, you know, chuckle-worthy moment, but... Oh, yeah, and then you get – oh, because you did get the Imperium video. I, mi- I must have missed yeah. the announcement that it was next week. Yeah, uh, I believe they said it then, but – Yeah, because they know, did the whole, I, I let me tell you cause... where our initials come from, and then the video mm-hmm. cut it off, and then they came back and said, and that's where our initials come from. Exactly, so we got their, their you know – I would love to see – I know I know he's gone up to the main roster. I would love to see Riddle come back down to NXT so that they could have some trios matches. He I think be, at the end, too, Mackenzie being like, oh, now I understand it all. Now it all makes sense. Like, that was even better because we have no clue. So, I would love to get Trey Miguel in with them and get those three back together. Because, I'm sorry, those two plus Trey Miguel, who they were with in Impact, the three of them taking on MSK. Like, they had enough three-on-three matches with MSK or with uh, Legato. Uh, with various different partners, whether it was Kushida, whether it was Bronson Reed or whatever. But if you throw Trey Miguel back in there, just fucking do it. Or bring Josh Alexander to NXT so he can do weird hanging upside down ankle lock shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't get a chance to mention it, and then I'm going to let you go. For those of you that are wondering, for those of you that did actually watch my preview for Slammiversary, thank you for that. Uh, I would say go check out the show, because it was pretty fucking good. Obviously, the Ultimate X match was was good, and the main event was good, and the stuff in the middle. I will say go to the kickoff and watch the women's tag uh, tag title match as well. Uh, that's all I got. I got. I had to stick that in there somewhere. Jake, tell them where to find you. Ah, you can find me on Twitter at Countdown Ended and, and the Joe Cronin Show on YouTube and also here with Spaz. Make sure you subscribe and hit the like button down below. All right, and you know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. I've been Spaz. He's been Jake. We have been your NXT this week. Reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, me and this sexy bitch over here are tagging out. Bye, guys. <laughs>